Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This podcast is brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. For the latest news in and around Fishers, check out my web blog. Simply go to LarryInFishers.com. Also, feel free to follow me on my Twitter account, at LarryInFishers. The Fisher City Council general election results brought a couple of big surprises. One was the win by Democrat Jocelyn Vare for an at-large seat on the council. But many local political observers were even more surprised when Democrat Samantha, or Sam DeLong, defeated incumbent councilman Eric Moeller. I asked to speak with Sam DeLong to talk about her campaign and plans to move forward as she prepares to assume her council seat on January 1 of 2020. I recorded the interview at the Ignite Space in the lower level of the Hamilton East Public Library, downtown Fishers. By the way, you can visit the Ignite Space anytime the library is open. A staff member there will be happy to provide a tour of the facility and all that is offered there. I spoke with Sam DeLong during the morning of Saturday, November 23rd. I'm at the Hamilton East Library in Fishers, the AV room and the lower level of the library. I'm welcoming back Samantha Sam Long, DeLong. She likes to go by Sam DeLong, so we'll, we'll certainly call her Sam. Uh, she's Fisher City Councilwoman-elect for the North Central District. Samantha, welcome back. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. And uh, Well, I'm sure you have a lot of excitement. <laughs> I want to ask you, the first question I want to ask you has to do with your campaign, because we talked about that during the campaign when we talked to you earlier. But explain a little bit about how you planned and and organized your campaign for a city councilor. For those who don't know, you're... You're, uh, you're in a district race where you're in the north central district, which is the northernmost part of Fisher's uh, uh, straight north, if you want to just look at it that way. So when you planned out your campaign, explain how you went about doing that. Well, my campaign manager planned it out for us. Uh, we just went uh, precinct to precinct, just knocking on doors. That's basically it. And until the last week, that's when we made phone calls to constituents to encourage them to actually come out and vote. So I, I think when I talked to you during the campaign, you put the number of doors knocked between you and your campaign manager in the hundreds. Did you ever count up how many how many people you actually did visit uh, in person? Mm, I think it was over a thousand at least. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> that is an awful lot. So how did you... Uh, How'd you plan that out? You don't want to just go haphazardly into a neighborhood. Did you have some data to indicate where you should go, or did you just sort of plan it out in another way? Yeah, we had some software that told us, you know, who was more Democratic or more Republican, and we went mostly to the more Democratic people, but, you know, still tried to hit people more moderately and people on the right as well. Just mostly Democratic, though. Sure. So... How much do you think turnout had to do with uh, your election victory? We honestly expected a lot more people to come out. Mm. So we were planning on at least, we had a a win number of about 900. Mm -hmm. So we expected, you know, Eric to have 
less than 900 and us to try to have more than 900. And it was significantly less than we were expecting. So I can't tell you how turnout affected our campaign at all. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's one thing that's very interesting. You mentioned that. Uh, these city elections and Fishers and other places, but I can only speak to Fishers. I've been around for several years for those elections. They're normally very low turnout elections, so mm-hmm. turning out your voters is always more important. And what you're telling me is that you were really expecting more of your voters to come yes. out, and you still were able to win. Yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just curious. I was able to find Jocelyn because they had some advanced information where she would be on election night. Where did you spend election night? I was at Muldoon's in Carmel with the Young Democrats and a lot of other people. (laughs) So I had my family there, my campaign manager, um, one of our volunteers, and then also Lane's campaign and Adam's campaign. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question I would ask you is, is uh, what was your feeling? when? Uh, I, let me ask it a different way. Uh, when did you first find out and how did you first find out that you'd won? So Adam called me over to his computer because you had called it, but it seemed to <laughs> us like you had called it early. Um, so well, he's I, like... Just so you know, I hadn't called it until I had a printout with all the precincts reporting. Right. Yeah. So we didn't have that data yet. Okay. So he was like, look, this is what Larry said. You can't... <laughs> We can't officially say anything yet. So I was like, yay, I'm excited, but I'm not sure. <laughs> because it was still showing less than 500 votes for each of us. I see. Um, so we were like, okay, we think you won. So, yeah. And then after it came on the TV and updated with you know all the news sources, then it was okay. just complete excitement. Okay, so it was tentative excitement when I gave the report. Yeah. <laughs> when it was verified, you felt a whole lot better. Yes. Did you hear from, uh, from Eric? Yes, I did. He did call me. He left me a message. I didn't answer because my phone was on silent. <laughs> sure. So, but yeah. he he did uh, call to congratulate. Yes, you? he did. Have you spoken to him since? No, not yet. Okay. I plan on contacting him in December. I've taken you know since election night, just taken it to spend time with my family, try to get my kids used to me being around at home after four o'clock. <laughs> That's right, because during the campaign, and, and it, we should note here, and, and for those who don't know, if they didn't hear the previous podcast, your children are very young. So how, how old are your children? Um, almost two and almost four. Oh, my gosh. So they're both preschool. Oh, well, one's preschool. One will be in preschool next year. Well, they're, 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 they're pre-kindergarten. Yeah. I should say it that way. Yeah. That's a better, more precise way of saying it. So they're really not. So tell me about how did your husband react to the campaign, the win? How, was, how did he uh, react to all this? Uh, he was very excited. I found something that I was very, you know, into, very excited for. Um, I took off time after I had my first child to, you know, just stay home with the kids. Um, financially, it made more sense for us. And I was, <laughs> I spent the whole time trying to figure out what I want to do when I go back to work. So anything I came up with, I wasn't really into. I just like, well, I'm good at computers. Maybe I'll go into computers. I'm good at crafting maybe I'll, I'll do a quilting business or something and then this came up and it was all engines fired ready to go into it and he knew that something i loved and he was just very happy for me well now this is not exactly i mean the, the pay isn't exactly great <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, they okay. did give the, the, the council did give themselves a raise and raise their pay for a long time and mm-hmm. they did raised that, what, a couple of years ago. Maybe it was longer than that. But, uh, I mean, is is it sort of like having a part-time job? Has it really come down to that? or Uh, It is what you put into it. So, I mean, I could put an hour a week into it if I wanted to, or I could, you know, 
do as much as I wanted, really. Well, trust me, I don't think an hour a week. Is yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> when the you're bare the, minimum <laughs> that gonna, I've heard some people put into it. Well, um, I mean, there, well, there may be examples of that, but, uh, but I'm, I, I'm not talking about Hamilton County. I'm talking about other oh, okay. counties that I've talked to. I've oh, talked okay. to a lot of different people who have mm-hmm. ran their campaigns and people they were going against. So. I don't know. With a growing city like we have, most of the council members have told me they hear from constituents quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So brace yourself. You yeah. may, uh, <laughs> once your email's out there and your phone number and all mm-hmm. that, people will find you. And that is part of the job, yeah. talking to your constituents. So you certainly know that. Uh, what do you think? What component of the campaign that you ran with your campaign manager do you think was the key uh, for you to win the election? Everybody I talked to in the last two weeks, probably, um, you know, people in the beginning, they'll say, oh, well, yeah, I'll vote for you. But then they they kind of forget about it. So I was texting people the day of and I had at least 50 people said, oh, yeah, I'll come out and vote. I wasn't planning to, but I'll come out and vote now. So it's that last minute that really helped me, I think. Okay. So you think the just individual texting people reminding them of the election mm-hmm. made the difference for yeah. you then? That's interesting. What part of your campaign was was aimed at getting people to vote early? Because I noticed the Democrats, and, and when we get to the uh, when we get to the election office as reporters, the first report we get is just the absentee ballots and the early voting, and that's mm-hmm. all to get before we the precincts start to come in. All the Democratic candidates and Fishers did pretty well on pre-voting. Did you? Was that part of your focus when you campaigned? Yes. So the handout that I left on doors gave to people had all the early voting times and where to vote. And I really tried to push it when I went to the doors. So. Good. Good. Well, um, I'm going to ask you this question because I asked Jocelyn uh, that when I gave uh, when, I, when she gave me a post-election interview. Uh, one thing I was watching uh, during this election. And it never happened. Is no Democrat in Fishers ever mentioned Donald Trump? And of course, he's a Republican, and and you were running against Republicans, um, so you never pressed your opponent on his view or anybody else in a Democratic Party who had a contested race challenged uh, the Republican about their views about the the I guess the leader of their party nationally, which would be the President of the United States. So. Why did you choose not to bring up the issue of Donald Trump? Uh, Well, I think local politics and national politics are very different things. Um, Honestly, I think local, you know, at this level doesn't really need to be partisan. Um, Yeah. I mean, people talk to me about him. I said, well, you know, these are my views, but this isn't going to affect you at city council level. So this was a... uh a specific uh, decision by you not to mention him and make it a local issue yeah. campaign. And that's what I've been hearing from others. You know, the one thing that struck me on election night, and uh, I'd like your comment on this because you won your election, Jocelyn won hers uh, at large, but the two candidates that did not win, Lane and, and Adam, Lane Skeeters and, and, and Adam Capps, they still got at least 45% of the vote. Now, that's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. So what that means is is that the Democrats, were, there, there was a candidate to challenge the incumbent Republican. When you at least get 45% of the vote, that means you are in the game. And grant the, you know, you've got a couple of candidates there, like David George, who's the longest-serving elected official in Fishers. 
And then you have uh, John Weingart, who's always won by rather large margins. He did win. It was a substantial margin, but it wasn't as much as in the past. So what does that tell you when you see those results? Well, it's it's hard from these small numbers with the turnout. But to me, it shows that, you know, Hamilton County is Fishers is growing and changing. And so the demographic, you, you said the demographics the change in demographics has made that different. I've had yeah. a couple of commentators say that more apartments mean more Democrats. Do you think that's really the case? I'm, I've never been convinced of that. Uh, we have a few more apartment uh, complexes than we used to have. Uh, I've heard that argument, and, and I'm not convinced. What do you think? I had exactly one apartment complex in my district. So, and they're not going to be the deciding factor on me winning. <laughs> I think that's a very classist statement to make. And honestly, rent in apartments is more than I pay in my mortgage. So, I I was an apartment dweller for many years. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get it. And that's why I haven't gone on that bandwagon. But I've seen it uh, argued, and I was just curious how you felt. Uh, any idea yet on uh, plans for your swearing-in ceremony? I have no idea. <laughs> Okay. I'm just waiting for HR to get back to me to figure out what we're doing. Now, I did I did see, I think it was a Twitter or Facebook post where you said you feel official now because HR has contacted you and they wanted the payroll information from you. Yeah. Oh, that's, so we talked about that, but it, since, I mean, this is the first time they've had Democrats on the council, so mm-hmm. they it's a change for them as well. well they sure. need to, you know, figure out how to go from there. Well, that's a... That's a very interesting uh, subject, which we'll get into here. Uh, Have you spoken with Mayor Fadness yet? Not yet. We are meeting in December. Okay, so you do have a meeting scheduled with him. Yep. All right. Um, We talked in your campaign podcast about a number of issues. So as you enter the council, do you have any priorities you plan on proposing? You are going to be in the minority. You and Jocelyn will be in the minority. Mm -hmm. There will be seven Republicans and two Democrats and, of course, the mayor's uh, also a, a Republican, as, as is the city clerk. So with that in mind, wh- how do you plan to start off uh, as a city council member? I think the first thing and probably the easiest thing is to be a little bit more transparent. Um, one of the things, the first thing that I would like to get done, and if it's I have to do it myself, that's fine. The agendas for the city council meetings, making them more, less legalese, more this is what's happening. Because when you look at it, I, you know, for a while, I just had to have other people read it, you know, say, this is what's going on. This is where it is. I think we can go ahead and you know, maybe have two copies, one that's the legalese and one that's a little bit easier for people to understand. Well, I know some council members have done that in their own mm-hmm. way. So you're you're saying you're looking into doing that. That's a transparency issue for you? I think so, yes. Yeah, I, I will be honest. You know, when I started covering the town of Fishers in 2000, I guess it was 2012, took me a while mm-hmm. to uh, get to dig down in there. Sometimes uh, there are attachments that, that give you a little extra information, but you have to dig a little further. Yeah. So, so one of your priorities is to get people to pay more attention to the meeting agendas. Yeah. Um, and if they can understand them, then I'd they underst- might pay atten- more attention to it. Yeah, and, and yeah, that is uh, an issue. I think if you just look at the agenda, you don't always know what the issue is, although sometimes mm-hmm. you can, but not always. Uh, the city, just to be uh, to bring up something that's been in the news, 
Uh, the city has just announced that a California company mm-hmm. is moving two fishers to the IOT lab, which is near Launch Fishers over on Technology Drive. And uh, um, this particular company specializes in technology for autonomous vehicles or self-driving would be mm-hmm. another way to put that. Now, pilot program is going to be part of this. They've announced that as part of the uh, announcement to bring the company from Santa Clara, which is in that Silicon Valley area, from California to Fishers. And the first proposal for a pilot is to put together a, I guess it's going to be self-driving, it's not clear, but it's going to be a shuttle vehicle between that IoT launch Fishers complex and downtown between, you know, like uh, 10.30 in the morning till 2, I think. It's the basically mm-hmm. lunch hour to let people uh, basically go to lunch uh, downtown and come back to their, their workplace. So based on what you've seen so far, what's your reaction to that? I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Fishers, in my opinion, does need some sort of transportation, um, public transportation, not just cars. I think it'll be a great thing. We'll see how it expands if they keep it, you know, whatnot, um, how that area near the IoT lab is going to grow after this, too. I think it could be great for Fishers. Well, the IoT lab, is. what's interesting about that is that it's not just a Fishers project. Mm-hmm. The state of Indiana, this is, this is the IoT lab for the state of Indiana. Indiana University is in there. I don't know if you've ever walked around in there, Mm-mm, but it's uh, you'll, you'll get your chance, <laughs> I'm sure. But uh, it's uh, it, it's it's a big place, and there's plenty of room for them in there, I'm sure. But it's where you can do some big work, and there's some large uh, areas of the building where you can bring some big equipment in and work on it. So, and I think the other thing that I found interesting about this, and I saw a lot of you know comments on on social media once the announcement came out, and there were a lot of people who were kind of critical of of this this lunchtime shuttle, but I think you have to kind of dig a little deeper and realize this is the pilot program. This mm-hmm. is just the beginning to see how it works. You know, if it works well this way, if, and they can they can expand it. If not, they can work on it and see where it goes from there. So I think we all have to keep that in mind. This is not the end result. Yeah. Uh, it's just the first step that uh, people are taking. And they are th- these will be pretty high-paying jobs. They're going to be very technical types of jobs. And, and they're going to keep money in Fishers this way. You know, they won't correct. be going down to Indianapolis to have lunch. They'll stay up here in Fishers. We'll keep our... You know, small restaurants open. And we've got uh, plenty of them uh, in the pipeline now with mm-hmm. the yard and plenty of places downtown. As you said, there are some either independently owned or privately owned uh, uh, like national brands, uh, franchises that are owned by local people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, there's been a lot of talks in recent years uh, especially by John McDonald, who runs Clear Object and has, uh, is a high-tech company that's been in Fishers for a long time. And he's been pushing this idea of Fishers as, as a tech hub, a place where, pe- where tech people can come, congregate, launch Fishers. has always had sort of a tech bent to it. It's not all tech companies, but they seem to dominate. Do you think that's a good strategy for the city? I think so. I mean, look at Look at Silicon Valley. Um, I honestly, for a few years, I've heard of Fishers as the Silicon Valley of the Midwest. So, really, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't heard that. <laughs> I think that's the effort. I think there's efforts, and I think this does kind of fit into the mayor's plan. So, so you're all on board with? with yeah, that my idea. husband. My husband's a network engineer, so I think that was part of the draw for him to want to move to Fishers as Is well. Is that so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one thing you proposed during your campaign is to provide child care during 
the uh, council meetings. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to to push that early on, or what 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 are your uh, plans there? Um, I think it's something that'll take a while to get together. Um, you know, if we're going to plan on paying the people who are going to be childcare, but yeah, I would be all. I am all for getting that together as soon as possible. But you haven't sounded out any of your colleagues yet as to whether they might be on board with it. Not yet. No, but honestly, you're you're keeping people out if you're not providing childcare or letting them bring their children to the meetings. I'm kind of getting the impression after the election, you really did kick back a little bit. You, <laughs> you decided to kind of disengage. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's after, after going through a campaign, that's hard work. And it's almost every day, I would assume, if not every yes, day. Yes, it was for, every day, multiple times a day. So uh, so you've decided that was the time to, to kind of get back and see your kids and see your husband and just enjoy your family. Boy, there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, after, after Thanksgiving, it's going to be full speed ahead. So okay. I already have plans on um, getting into the government academy that Fishers has, and they have the police one and the firefighter one. I'm excited to do all those. Yes, I know so many uh, alum, alumni of those, and they all uh, praise them. Uh, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or Independent, mm-hmm. everybody praises the job the city does there. So you, I'm sure you will learn quite a bit. And it's a great way to meet people, too, oh, that are in the government. And Yes, you get a chance to see up close and personal what they do. I've been told that the, the, the what uh, they get feedback from people on what was most interesting. It's a strange answer, this, the sewage treatment plant fascinates people but i'll let you experience that you can tell me later <laughs> i think that was one of the better parts of the, of, of the academy uh, let me just ask you this thinking ahead now you're going to be at your let's say you're at your first city council meeting after your swearing in ceremony whatever that's done and you take your seat on the council and you look out on the council chambers what do you think will be going through your mind I'm just going to be so nervous. <laughs> nervous? Really? Why do you say yeah. that? Why do you say that? Um, just, I don't know. <laughs> just have a feeling that's what it's going to be like. You know, the last time I was sitting up there was for the forum, and I was incredibly nervous for that. So I'm sure there'll be residual feelings. Well, it didn't really seem like you were. But well, that's you say- good. <laughs> I had a I had a speech professor in college. He said, "If you're in a public speaking situation like the forum, because if you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you." Well, that's good. <laughs> and and so what you ha- and well, he always taught us to take that nervous energy and to kind of direct that toward what we're doing. Mm-hmm. No, the, the 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 task at hand, if you will, that always worked for me. And I do a lot of public speaking, and I can assure you, I get nervous every time. Well, that makes me feel so much better. <laughs> and uh, no, you shouldn't feel bad about that. That's actually a very natural thing. Um, I think one thing you'll have to get used to are the procedures. You've been to some of the council meetings, mm-hmm. and there are some little intricacies of of the. I wouldn't say Robert's Rules of Order. It's a little like, like that, but it's actually a legally required uh, uh, procedure when you're up on the council. Do you think you're all ready for that? No, but <laughs> I don't think That's, I'll ever feel 100% ready. <laughs> just, I'm just talking about the procedural part of it, you know, point of order or, you know, just just voting and, and making sure that you can keep up with what, what the chair – because some of the council presidents, I mean, they'll – they like to work. They like to go through the agenda pretty quickly, unless somebody has something to say, and they'll stop. But you know, if it's just routine, you know, voluntary annexation or something, they tend to go mm-hmm. pretty quickly. So, uh, so you're just, just what you're saying is it's it's uh, you've even though you've seen a lot of meetings sitting out in the crowd, you're 
you're sitting up there may be a little bit different for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm sure it will all come to you very quickly. When you knew that you had won, how did your family react? They're very excited. Uh, <laughs> my oldest son has been asking or had been asking me every day, are you in city council yet? Are you? <laughs> mommy, when are you going to be in city council? And now every day is, why are you not campaigning, Mommy? Why aren't you canvassing, Mommy? Are you city councilwoman? <laughs> and his, his favorite thing to do now is tell me, I'm not the city councilwoman. He's the city councilwoman. Oh, so. all right. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe you'll just uh, bring him with, with you to a meeting. You sit up there with you, and maybe he can cast your vote for you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I've had a few council members bring their kids in for a meeting. It's not been often, and it's usually when it's kind of a informal thing. But mm-hmm. uh, do you, uh, you can, of course, you know, show your your your, your children uh, your video because mm-hmm. all the all the meetings are are live streamed and videotaped so, or video record. I guess is more accurate, so they can all see their mom on the on the city council there. Yeah, they won't care. They won't care. <laughs> we have Disney Plus now. <laughs> That's a priority. Oh, Disney Plus. Yeah, you know, I just uh, somehow, and I'm I'm not sure. My wife explained it to me. We get a free year of it or something because of some other contract we yeah. have. So I got on there and tried to see what was there just the other day. And it's like, if I had, if my kids were young, there's plenty here. Mm-hmm. And there's a few things for adults, but I assume it'll work out. But yeah, so that's going to yeah. be their thrill. Mom, if mom's not on Disney, she's not a star, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on your win as, and winning a seat on the city council. Is is there anything you'd like to add? And maybe I didn't think to ask uh, that you've experienced uh, during the campaign or since the election? Uh, I've experienced sleep, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> well, that's exactly the same thing Jocelyn said, that she's been catching up on sleep. And I'm sure yeah. even candidates that didn't win have been catching up on sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and I've said this many times, that I have a tremendous amount of respect, not just for people who serve in public office, but the people who run for public office, whether they win or not, that's a huge commitment. And yeah. you know that. I don't it's have to tell very you Very mentally exhausting. I didn't yeah. realize how poor my sleep was until election night, and I was I slept like a log, and I have been <laughs> since then. Well, good so. for you. Well, you don't have a job except being a mom, which is a big job. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. So you, it's not as if you will be juggling city council, uh, a, a full-time job, and your family. You will have your family and your, your city council responsibilities, and that's the way you want to keep it now? Or uh, Yes. Okay, well, that's <laughs> I, it's a great, you know, I get to be home with my kids and still have a job at the same time, so I'm very excited for that. Well, good for you. Anything else you want to add that I haven't thought about? Mm, nope, that's it. Well, I want to ask you one last thing, because I do understand that uh, – the Fishers Democrats are trying to organize a club. There's been a Fishers GOP club here for many years. The Republicans mm-hmm. have had one for a long time. There have been some efforts to organize a Fishers Democrat club. Where does that stand right now? We have our first organizational – we had our first meeting before the meeting this week, and we'll have our first organizational meeting where we vote on president, vice president, and whatnot on December 2nd, I believe. Okay. Don't take that for – what it is get on the facebook page in december Mm -hmm. okay yeah 
So uh, I love the way you put that, the meeting before the meeting, which, yes. <laughs> which means that was kind of a social thing. Do we really want to do this? And then the consensus of the group, I guess, is was that you, overwhelming, yes. You wanted, how about how many people are in the initial uh, floor of this? Uh, about 50-some, I believe. 50, that's not mm-hmm. a bad number, really. Yeah, okay. and we had more interest on Facebook that weren't able to come due to prior commitments. So okay. finding that one day that everybody can come <laughs> will be interesting. Well, Sam DeLong, you'll be seeing her uh, sitting up on the city council days. She'll be uh, she'll be serving on the council. Her four-year term begins in, in January. So, Sam, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Thank you for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by LarryInFishers.com. My local news blog follows news in and around the Fishers area, so check it out. Once again, find it at LarryInFishers.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter, at LarryInFishers. My name is Larry Lannon. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again.